I've been hearing a lot about gut bacteria or gut microbiome, but I wanted to dig into it a bit more to really understand what it meant and how it affected my weight. I've heard the term thrown around so often, but I never got a clear picture of what I could do to impact it or what it even really meant. If you're just starting out or you've been intermittent fasting for a while, maybe you've also come across this term, but not quite sure how to tackle it. This episode is for you. Hey everyone, welcome to the OMAD Mama podcast. My name is Marty Meshubi, and this is your resource for everything OMAD, intermittent fasting, and health. OMAD stands for one meal a day. It just means that you eat within a one hour period and fast for the remaining 23 hours of the day. There are so many different ways to fast, and we'll talk about those on this podcast. I have learned so much from my own OMAD and intermittent fasting journey, and I wanted to share with as many people as I could, so I decided to start this podcast. I also love talking with others who have incorporated OMAD and fasting in their life's journey, and I'm hoping to share their stories on this podcast as well. I found OMAD and fasting and it completely reprogrammed my relationship with food while getting me in the best shape of my life. I'll be sharing my journey, advice, recipes, and tips that will keep you successful on your OMAD journey to a stronger and healthier you. This lifestyle has changed my life, so keep listening. It may very well change your life too. So what is gut bacteria, or what I hear often, gut microbiome? Basically, our bodies are hosting trillions of bacteria and microorganisms, which are interacting and codependent. And each person, as you would imagine, is his or her own specific host. Just as we're all individuals, we have our own personalized set of microbiome. We're not born with these. They develop or start colonizing at birth in our intestine and as we grow and are exposed to the environment all around us. Interesting fact, C-sections hinder a lot of this natural transition of flora from mom to baby. Having not passed through the birth canal, babies don't often get all that good bacteria from mom at that moment. But not to worry, if you breastfeed or if you breastfeed post-baby, you'll still be able to pass on that good flora to the baby. I had two C-sections with both my girls, and they're fine. Most of the bacteria live in our digestive system, more specifically, our large intestine. But they're not just in our gut. They're on our skin, in our mouth, in our nose, and roaming all around our body. They're good and back bacteria. The good bacteria are there to keep us healthy, They're our first line of defense against foreign pathogens or things that may cause infections. So they help to keep our immune system intact. In the large intestine, they help digest foods that are not fully digested by the small intestine. And they produce vitamins like vitamin B, vitamin K, vitamin B that have direct impact on your energy, um, brain function, cell metabolism, vitamin K that's really important for bone health and wound healing. So they really have a direct impact on those. The bad bacteria occur when there is some disruption in the microbiome. This can result in diseases such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, obesity, and cancer. 
our gut microbiome helps us digest our foods properly. Gut microbiome actually produces chemicals that make you feel full when you eat. In fact, there are studies that have shown that the amount and the type of gut bacteria that exists in our intestine have a direct correlation with our weight. Gut bacteria play a role in how effectively our body extracts energy from the foods we eat. So the types of foods we eat are pretty important as well. But we'll get to that in a moment. Our gut biome is actually connected to our whole body. An imbalance in gut microbiome can certainly affect our health, leading to problems like irritable bowel disorders, allergies, obesity, and diabetes, to name a few. So you might have also heard about pre and probiotics to help with maintaining a a healthy balance of gut microbiome. Prebiotics help improve the functioning of the microbiome while also promoting the development of good bacteria. Probiotics helps to maintain balance, integrity, and diversity of the types of microbiome that are produced. Studies that have been done on mice have shown that probiotics help in the release of the satiety hormone as well as an increase in protein and a decrease in fat storage. The Gut Microbiome Institute, which is totally dedicated to everything gut-related, has seen that um, just administering pre and probiotics to their clients, they've seen a decrease in weight, um, an increase in energy, and an overall increase in gut health. Our microbiome are significantly impacted by our environment and the foods we eat. In fact, the standard Western diet has a major impact on the type of gut flora that we produce. An epidemiological study found that persons who immigrated from their home country to the United States had a four-fold increase in obesity risk compared to those who remained in their birth country. And I'll put the link to these studies in the show notes on my website. Being a child of immigrants, I thought that this was really interesting because although there isn't much obesity in my family, there is a lot of hypertension, diabetes, and all risk factors that eventually lead to obesity and may sometimes even go hand in hand with obesity. I also remember my father talking about how much healthier he was before he passed away when he was in Haiti compared to his years here in the States. Now, of course, you factor in age, his life's work, and all the stressors of raising kids um, and how your immune system kind of decreases uh, as you get older. So many factors that go into that. But after reading this, I couldn't help but also think about his gut flora and the microbiome that he may have developed while transitioning his life to the United States. So let's talk about what promotes good gut health. There's certain foods that are readily available that can promote good gut health. Things like fiber, unrefined whole grains, fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, yogurt, polyphenol-rich foods like dark chocolate, green tea, red wine, All of these help to promote the growth of good bacteria. Things like fermented foods like kombucha, kefir sauerkraut. And you know what? As I'm thinking about this list, I'm reminded of a blog post I wrote a few weeks ago 
on foods to help keep you full while doing OMAD or while you're intermittent fasting. And you can find that on my blog, um, on my website. And really all of the things I've mentioned, or most of them, um, are on this list. And I know we always talk about eating whatever we want on OMAD or while we're intermittent fasting, which, yes, you can totally eat what you want. You can totally um, have what you love. But while you're eating whatever you want, um, you want to make sure to add some of these components to your diet. When we talk about gut microbiome specifically, consumption of dietary fiber has positive metabolic health effects, including increased satiety, decreased weight gain, and lowered blood glucose and cholesterol levels, serving to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. And this is all evidence-based information Um, I will post um, all of these studies onto the show notes for today on my website. This is really interesting um, and helpful information, particularly for those of us who intermittent fast daily or who do OMAD, including dietary fiber and knowing that that can help improve your gut health is a game changer. I mean, um, things like fruits and vegetables that, you know, to be honest, I don't always include that in my um, eating window. I always have a salad, um, but I do have to think consciously to in, in increase things like vegetables, green, leafy, um, f- fibrous vegetables and fruits and things like that, um, because that's really going to help my gut health, you know. Um, so that's really good to know. But guys, here is where it gets even more interesting. There was a metagenomics study, and metagenomics is the study of genetic material recovered directly from environmental samples. And this study was done using a Dutch population of 1,135 participants. And it found that higher intakes of total carbohydrates were strongly associated with decreased microbiome diversity. This decrease also occurred with sugar-sweetened beverages, beer, bread, and savory snacks. Meanwhile, microbial diversity increased with fruit, coffee, tea, vegetables, and red wine. Side note, the researcher in me is thinking that replicating such a study in a more diverse population might yield even more interesting findings, but that's a side note. For my keto friends, though, I know that those practicing a ketogenic diet may oftentimes restrict plant-based carbohydrates like ground vegetables, things like beets, yams, carrots, legumes, or most fruits like apples and things like that, which may have you know high net carbs since the ketogenic diet needs you to stay below 20 to 50 grams of net carbs per day and if i'm wrong because i i don't practice the ketogenic diet but i know many people who do and who do restrict a lot of these um, ground vegetables and fruits Um, but if i'm wrong please send me an email please send me a message and say no marty you are totally wrong that's not what the ketogenic diet is about But um, many studies have shown that restricting plant-based carbs 
can have a negative effect on the gut microbiome. And remember, we talked earlier about how important fiber is to the gut lining and to bacterial diversity. So what am I saying? Am I saying for those who are not keto that you should stop eating bread or stop eating your sweet treats? Absolutely not. (laughs) I love all of the above. And since finding the intermittent fasting lifestyle, I don't intend to stop eating any of these. Truth be told, this is why I never wanted to try a ketogenic diet because I really love bread and sweets way too much. And But what am I saying for my keto friends? Am I saying that you should immediately stop living your ketogenic lifestyle? Absolutely not. What I am saying, though, is that it's interesting to learn about how all of this affects our gut microbiome but also how we can control it to an extent based on how much or how little of something that we're putting in our bodies. Additionally, examining how all of it affects our weight is really important because no matter what type of eating lifestyle you adapt, if your gut is not healthy, you will have a hard time seeing your weight go down. Gut microbiome and the type of bacteria living in your gut directly impacts your weight how you digest the foods you eat, and your overall health. So I've talked about how foods can have an impact on our gut, but there are other factors as well. Stress. Stress reduction also aids in promoting a good, healthy gut. Health issues like leaky gut happen when the lining of the gut has been compromised, allowing toxins to enter the bloodstream. Psychological stressors can exacerbate this. Of course, it's easier said than done. Um, I have two little ones, so I totally understand. And you add on work or school or the 20 million other things going on in our lives. um, And that does not help with stress. But focusing on how to reduce the stressors in our lives, little by little, can really help promote a good, healthy gut. Sleep. Research has shown that poor sleep can also cause a disruption in our gut microbiome. And we know that poor sleep can lead to imbalances in your hormones, more specifically a decrease in leptin, which is the hormone that suppresses appetite. Um, Side note, episode six um, talks about calories and hormones, and I discussed this a lot in that episode. So you may want to check that out. Um, But... The hormone leptin is is decreased when you're not getting enough sleep, and that may lead you to eat more at night, which is when you should really be sleeping. So it's a vicious cycle that puts your body out of whack and doesn't allow you to reach your health goals. We're also seeing a lot of chemicals and pesticide use in our foods, and this can also affect our microbiome. Some ways we can try to avoid pesticides is by washing all the fruits and vegetables really well before eating them. Um, You could also try to buy organic fruits and vegetables, which have very low or no pesticide use. Alternatively, you could try to grow your own um, if that's an option. But more and more, as people become more aware of how this can affect uh, their overall health, they're looking to... Uh, better options or healthier ways that you can avoid pesticide use in the fruits and vegetables and all the foods that we eat. And finally, my favorite way to promote a healthy gut 
is through intermittent fasting and longer extended fasts. This has been shown to improve gut barrier function and increase microbial diversity. And we know that fasting also helps to tap into those fat stores to help us burn fat and lose weight, which is always a plus. So we've talked about a lot in this episode, and I wanna just end with a few final takeaways. One, our gut microbiome is influenced by everything around us. This in turn has a major influence on our weight. Two, when our gut microbiome is unhealthy, it may manifest in things like obesity, leaky gut, diabetes, and cardiovascular diseases. Three, we have the power to improve our gut microbiome health through what we eat by including foods rich in fiber, unrefined whole grains, dark chocolate, which is my favorite, and even red wine. Four, we can also improve our gut health by trying to reduce the stressors in our lives, getting more sleep, steering clear of foods that have been exposed to pesticides and such. And five, Including intermittent fasting as part of a daily, weekly, or even monthly regimen is a great tool to use that not only improves gut health, but also helps to reduce risk of chronic diseases while also decreasing weight. Having this information will not only keep you in the know of what's happening in your body, but it will also aid in keeping your gut lining strong and overall maintaining a healthy gut microbiome. And now it's time for listener questions. Our first question is from Candace. Dear Marty, so my husband told me yesterday that sometimes I have fasting breath. Do you have any suggestions or advice? Is there a mint or gum that I can use without breaking my fast? Yeah, this is a major problem, but it's super easy to resolve. I found Wild Drops, W-O-W, and these are really good. You can get them on Amazon. And it's just a super concentrated peppermint drop that's made from peppermint leaves. And you can just add it to your water or your tea. And it only takes one or two drops. Um, And it really works. You will have fresh breath for the whole day. And you will not have to hear any further complaints from your husband or anyone else for that matter. (laughs) Thanks for that question. Our next question is from Kike. Kike is listening all the way from Nigeria. Wow, thanks, that's awesome. Dear Marty, I am an avid listener of your podcast. It's been inspirational. I also follow you on Instagram. Your progress has inspired me to start a three-day fast. What is your suggestion for dealing with the fast after a long day's work? I've coped very well at work And now that I'm home, I have my legs up and nothing to do, nothing to munch on, not even fruit. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's that's right. And thank you so much. Um, Thank you for listening. Thanks for following me on Instagram. Thanks for being an avid listener. Um, That's really awesome. And I'm so glad that you have been inspired to start an extended fast, a three-day fast. Um, You will reap so many amazing benefits from doing that. I love it. Um, So I would suggest when you get home from work, try just chilling out. I think by the time you get home from work, it may be time to wind down, get ready um, to 
you know, wind your day down, get ready for bed. And maybe you want to try sitting down with a nice mug of tea or drawing a long bath and just taking some you time. After a long day at work, you may just want to kind of wind it down. And then before you know it, it's bedtime. You don't want to have too much idle time because um, then you get tempted to snack on something which you really don't want to do, um, especially if you're committed to an extended fast. Um, the other suggestion might be to go um, for a quick, a short workout. Um, go directly from work to the gym or go for a walk or for a run. Um, working out in a fasted state can be really beneficial to your fast because since you're fasting, your body has been um, depleting your glycogen stores. So your body is now forced to tap into those fat stores for fuel for your workout. Um, but you want to be mindful. Listen to your body. Don't overdo it especially if you've been fasting. Um, you can also try having some a um, apple cider vinegar, adding that to some water or some sparkling water. Um, this will suppress your appetite um, and will, tr will help keep your mind off of munching or eating or even food in, in for that matter. Um, and so that'll also give you a little something to drink before bed, kind of like a little cocktail. I like to add it to my sparkling water and it's kind of like, um, a little cocktail that I have in the morning. I, I, I might have it in the morning. I might have it in the evening before bed. Um, apple cider, uh, apple cider vinegar is also a really good, um, prebiotic because it's good for gut health. Um, and it also aids in boosting weight loss. So it's good all the way around. So you might want to try that. And then before you know it, it's bedtime and just go to sleep. <laughs> um, I hope these tips have been helpful for you, Kike. And thank you again so much for listening all the way from Nigeria. If you guys have any questions or comments, please, please feel free to send them to Marty, M-A-R-T-I-E, at omadmama.com. I would love to get your questions or just send comments or anything that you think I should cover or any um, questions you may have that you'd like me to answer. I may just read them on the podcast and give you a shout out. Well, we've come to the end of another OMAD Mama podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this information useful. Please don't forget to share it with your friends. Please also subscribe, rate, and comment. I'd really appreciate it. Please remember that this podcast is not to be used as your source for medical advice. If you have any medical questions or concerns, please talk to your doctor or medical provider. And before you go, check out the OMAD Mama website at www.omadmama.com. You'll find the OMAD Mama blog where I talk about the latest topics hitting the OMAD and fasting world, as well as my OMAD recipes that are quick, easy, and family friendly. You can also always find me on Instagram at OMAD underscore mama underscore love, or send me an email at Marty, M-A-R-T-I-E at omadmama.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I'd really love to hear from you.